you'd open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, we are wrapping up our study of Ephesians. I'd like to read verses 13 through 18. Ephesians 6, verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, which is every day, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Father, as we've lifted you up, in worship, as we've given you back and worshiped you in our tithes and offerings, as we've lifted up requests before you, as we've celebrated with perhaps just seeing someone that we haven't seen for a while. Come before you now and ask that in the same way, in the same manner, you might meet us through your word. Pray again for your Spirit's anointing and empowering. Speak to each one of us right where we're at in our journey with you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If any of you are in the habit of praying in the midst of a service, I would appreciate your prayers today because I think both Judy and I especially yesterday, have just a lot of drainage. And I don't really want to lose my voice in the midst of this and cough and wheeze and stuff. So uh, I may call out for another mint or something, so be ready to toss it up here. But I appreciate your prayers. We've been discovering for the last number of weeks that the Christian life is not a walk in the park. In case any of you weren't sure of that before you came in, hopefully you're up to speed now. In fact, as you pursue a relationship with God, as you pursue a walk of grace and really begin to, as we learn in Ephesians, to strip off the old and the things that he wants to get rid of out of our lives and to put on the new, to walk a worthy walk, a more accurate description of the Christian life what it's really like is a war. Ephesians 6.12 clarifies who the battle is against. Elbow the person next to you or tap them on the shoulder and just say, it's not with you. We fight not against flesh and blood. Our struggle, our battles are against rulers are against powers, against world forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms. We're in a war. And throughout the New Testament, we see 
this exhortation given to believers to be prepared for the war, be prepared for the conflict that is going to come and comes and going to come and it comes and it's going to come and it comes to the children of God. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 calls the Christian life a race. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27 calls the Christian life a fight. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9 tells us that we have an enemy and we need to be prepared to meet that enemy and to resist that enemy. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14 exhorts the believer to keep pressing on. Don't look back because we're in a war. However, though we are in a war... And our adversary, even this very moment, is moving against me and moving against you. Never forget that we have the resources to totally defeat the enemy. That's what Paul introduces to us in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. And with that, let me just remind you, in case you've forgotten, what enables you to fight this fight is back in Ephesians chapter 2, which says that for every person who is in Christ, you are seated with Him in the heavenly realms. Right now, who you are in Christ, every power and principality is under your feet. In Jesus' name, is how you fight this fight. In verse 14 of chapter 6, the first piece of armor is given to us. It says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth. We've called this the belt of readiness, the belt of commitment. I put it on, and that's simply the thing that gets me going in the battle. It's the thing that gets me going in my walk. It's it's that commitment that says, Lord, I am all yours. I am all all in. It has to start there. We need to put that on first. One of the things we've been dealing with and need to remember over and over and over again is once a believer, as a believer, I put on this belt of readiness, which pulls together all the loose ends of my life, I never take it off. I don't put it on and take it off and put it on and take it off. That's not how you walk in commitment, right? Right? Lord, I'm all in, and I'm always all in. The time has come for us, believers, who call on the name of the Lord to leave behind elementary things and move on to maturity. Having committed yourself to walk a worthy walk, to to have stood before the Lord or knelt before the Lord, or fallen face down before the Lord and said, Lord, I'm all in. I need to leave that on. And begin from there to lean into the warfare. However, one of the key things that we've been learning regarding putting on the belt of commitment, as important as that is, it's never enough by itself to win the war. I can be really sincere, totally committed, but if I go into warfare with nothing more than my sincere commitment, I'm going to get nailed from the enemy. 
Paul tells us several times, put on the whole armor of God. So the next piece that God has provided for his children is the breastplate of righteousness, verse 14. And in our study of that piece of armor, we learned that the worst mistake that I could make in putting on this breastplate of righteousness is if I put on the breastplate of my own righteousness, my worthy walk. That breastplate, believer, will not protect you. The only breastplate that will protect my emotions, my thoughts, is the righteousness that comes, that Christ has extended to me, imputed to me, placed upon me. By faith, I need to put that on. To be able to stand in the face of the enemy, to say out loud, I have been made righteous. That's who I am in Christ. In Christ, I am the righteousness of God. That's who you are. To stand in that, believing that what he promised, he will also bring it about. He will bring it to pass. Third piece of armor, prepare your feet with the shoes that are made of the gospel of peace. Which is, my, which is what gives me the ability to stand firm. Not to slip and slide all over the place every time something rises up against me. I need the gospel of peace. The fact that God is at peace with me. The fact that God is on my side. When things go bad, that's not God trying to nail you. Let me ask you. Who's the one that will bring a charge against God's elect? God? Heavens no. He's the one who justifies. He's on your side. Stand firm in those shoes. That's just review. Last week, we came to verse 16 and noticed something changes. It's important yet subtle change. We discovered that the first three pieces of armor should be put on, verb, past tense, and remain on. But there are times in the warfare that you and I go through every day that the battle intensifies, the arrows are really flying, and I'm really under attack, and it's at those times that I am to take up, verb change, active, take up the shield of faith, Strap on the helmet of salvation. Pick up the sword of the Spirit. Look at the shield of faith. Just last week we discovered that the shield of faith that protects me from the fiery arrows is simply this. When, by an act of my will, I choose to believe God instead of Satan. Remember the key phrase we used over and over again last week is this. Who I believe is going to determine what I do. Who I believe is going to determine what I do. God says, Pofrel, this is what is going to bring you joy. This is what's going to bring you fulfillment. This is what's going to bring you fullness of life. Satan, on the other hand, comes along and goes, I got a different brand of joy for you. A different brand of fulfillment. It's better. A whole other way of, to fulfill your life. Who I believe will determine what I do. Standing behind the shield of faith is coming to God and saying, God, 
I believe what you say is true. I believe what you say about me is true. I believe what you say about who you are is true. That stance will extinguish the enemy's flaming arrows. Hebrews 11, chapter I encourage you to read and think about this past week, tells us how by faith, Abraham went to a strange land, had no idea where he was going. And by faith, believing God, Noah built an ark. What a nut. And by faith, Gideon, another crazy guy, has a huge army. God says, too many, too many, still too many. 300, that's a good number. Each of them chose to believe God, and when they did, the flaming arrows of the enemy were quenched. It's by an act of my will. When I choose to believe, believe God, that's when, that's how, I take up the shield of faith. And all along the way, we've been saying spiritual warfare predominantly is a truth encounter. That brings us to verse 17 and the next piece of armor which God has provided for you. If you are in Christ, we have the helmet of salvation. The helmet for a soldier obviously protects his head. In a battle for a Roman soldier, they would wear a helmet and partly it would be there to deflect things like an arrow glancing to, or, or a stone being thrown. However, the chief reason that they would wear a helmet was to protect themselves when they were in hand-to-hand combat. The helmet helped deflect the blows of the other soldier's sword or some other hand-held weapon. Now on the front end, I trust you realize that putting on the helmet of salvation does not mean getting saved. Putting on the helmet of salvation is not about somebody coming to faith. Yeah, you've been putting all these other pieces. Oh, by the way, you should probably know Jesus. No, no, no. He's talking to people who already are in Christ. He's been addressing believers, instructing them about the pieces of spiritual armor that God has provided for His children because they are already His children. What we've been or dealing with as a believer who's in the middle of warfare, what Paul is basically saying is this, believer, what you need to do when the battle really gets hot is you need to put on the fullness of your salvation. Strap on the fullness of your salvation. Here's what, he, here's what I mean. Biblical salvation has three dimensions. There's a past dimension to your salvation. There's a present dimension to your salvation. And there's a future dimension to your salvation. The past dimension is your justification. If you are in Christ, you can stand before the Lord. You can stand in the face of the enemy and proclaim, I am justified, which which means you're declaring this, just as if I've never sinned. 
That's who you are in your standing before God. Past dimension, you are justified. Present dimension of my salvation is my sanctification. That's where we are right now. That's the ongoing, transforming work of the Spirit of God in your life and in my life. That's the whole taking off and putting on. See, not only did God justify me, but in the present tense, He is sanctifying me, creating in me the righteousness of God on a practical level. This is the working out of my salvation that is talked about in Philippians. This is the living out of my faith. Walking the worthy walk. Transformation, supernatural transformation from the inside out. That people, as they experience me over time, they see more and more of Christ's likeness. I already am trying to live it out, not in my own strength, in the strength of the Spirit. Are you with me? third part or the future dimension of, of our salvation is glorification. See, not only am I justified past and sanctified present, but I'm going to be glorified when I see him face to face, future. That, beloved, is a definition of the security that you have as a believer. Past, present, future, secure. So when the battle really starts raging, really starts ramping up, strap on the helmet, I am secure. I am His. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Perhaps the best verse to remember concerning this particular point of theology is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. For I am confident, I am convinced of this, that He, God, who began a good work in me, justification, will carry it on, sanctification, until the day of Christ Jesus, glorification, hallelujah! In Christ, I am secure. And the reason I need to strap that on is because there are going to be times in my life when the demonic realm moves against me in hand-to-hand combat, hand-to-hand combat, if you will, and they're going to try to steal the reality of who I am. The enemy will come at me with the attack of discouragement. And when he does, I need to strap that helmet on. The dimension of this, of the helmet of salvation that keeps me going in times of discouragement and fatigue is the same thing that kept the Apostle Paul going when things really got tough. What kept it really going simply was this, the truth that I know that there is waiting for me a crown of righteousness that is going to be mine. Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. Think of where he's at. Hear the emotion and the story in these words. I am being poured out like a drink offering. The time of my departure is near. He's not talking about taking a trip to another town. 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Back in Philippians, he's talking about, I'm going to run the race, press on. I've finished my race. I'm poured out. I'm ready to die. Death is near. I have kept the faith. Verse 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What that truth does, can do for you, this future dimension of my salvation, strap it on because it keeps me going no matter what. God is not done with me yet. If discouragement, especially in a time of being weary, physically, emotionally drained, if that doesn't work, well, there's another weapon he might use against your heart and against your mind, which the helmet of salvation is designed to protect you from. It's greater than the attack of discouragement. It is the attack of doubt. Satan and the demonic realm from time to time are going to come against you and come against me with a weapon of doubt. He's going to try to take you out with it. When those doubts begin to come at us, I need to strap on the helmet of salvation. Doubts I'm talking about are the doubts that you and I have from time to time concerning my salvation. When I'm really beat up, when it just doesn't seem to be working, when God seems to be a forgotten memory and thoughts flood me like, am I really his? Did I really make that commitment? Did I do it right? Did I pray it the right way? Am I really sure that if I died today, that I'd go to heaven? Am I really secure? I want to explain something to you. If Jesus Christ has taken up residence in your life by his spirit, there is nothing that Satan can do to change that. We learned this earlier in Ephesians. At the moment that you bow your knee and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, confessing your sins, confessing that he's Lord, that he's raised from the dead, At that moment, the Holy Spirit is given to you as a deposit, what? Guaranteeing what is to come. He cannot remove or change that fact. You have already been, what? Justified. You are being, what? Sanctified. You will be glorified. That's a fact. Satan can't move into that territory, but he can, as we have learned. In this warfare, he will inundate you with thoughts of discouragement and thoughts of doubt. He will steal from you the reality that you are secure. 
What he wants to get you to do is to doubt the completeness of Christ's work in your life. Because remember, his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy you. He doesn't care how he does it. Doubt is one of the most effective weapons that Satan has against the heart and the mind of the believer. That and probably fear. Especially a new believer. But we are all susceptible to this attack from time to time. I believe there are people who have gone to church most of their lives. But struggle with, wonder, do I have anything to offer? I mean, is God really happening in my life? I don't really have anything to give because, and here's why, they don't feel or believe that they've really been fully accepted, fully loved, or fully, really be given, forgiven by God. Just haven't made it quite yet. If I work a little harder, They accept some of the doctrines of faith. Makes them feel okay. But they haven't really, as Hebrews talks about, rested in the completeness of Christ's work in their lives. And, and they're kind of waiting for something more to happen. Then I'll really be spiritual. So, then I'll really be accepted by God. From time to time, Satan is going to come against you. He's going to attack your mind. He's going to, he's going to, what he's going to do is he's going to remind you of your past. So I said a few weeks ago, as soon as that starts to happen, remind him of his future. He's going to remind you of your past. And some of you, like me, have a past that you're not proud of. There's things that have happened to you or things you were involved in. And sometimes those memories, you don't even know what triggered them. Maybe nothing triggered them. It's just a thought planted. But it's like right there in your face. Says things to you you're not really forgiven. Not of that. You're crazy. Do you remember what, he, what you did? And that thing, whatever it is, right in your face like it happened yesterday. Times like that when you need the Spirit of God to bring to your mind what you've hidden in your heart and to say out loud, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Because the Word of God tells me that when I've confessed my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And He takes those sins and throws them as far as the east is from the west. So get out of my face! Anybody? Yes. Come against you, especially when you stumble. We all stumble in many ways, which is why the whole self-righteous shield doesn't work. I mean, a breastplate. Call yourself a Christian. Who do you think you're feeling? 
You're the biggest hypocrite in town. You're no different than anyone else. You've really blown it this time. Anybody relate to that? When he comes at me, he comes at you as I pofferal, you don't deserve to be forgiven. You've really blown it. You're never going to make it. Part of the reason why that, why that attack is so effective against me and against you in creating doubt concerning the past, present, and future dimension of my salvation is because some of what he says is true. See, the truth is I can't make it on my own. And I don't deserve it. And I really have blown it. That's why, believer, that's why, when, believer, I need to strap on the helmet of salvation. I need to understand what salvation is. You don't deserve it. You never can make it on your own. You really have blown it. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that yet while we were still screw-ups like that, Jesus Christ died for you. Romans 3.23 You know what, enemy? You're right. All have sinned and we've fallen short. It's true. That assessment of my life is correct. I have blown it. However, there's more to the next verse. If you have by faith received the gift of God's grace and placed your trust in that gift that he offers you, verse 24 of Romans 3 says, you have been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ. Yes! That, spirits of darkness, is who I am. I would add to that, you are also being sanctified and you will be glorified. Strap it on. Romans 4, 5. The one who does not work, is referring there about earning it because you can't, but trust God who justifies the ungodly. Their faith is credited to them, credited to them as righteousness. Maybe you've heard it over and over and over again, but every once in a while we need to just strap it on again, especially when the doubts come flying. I believe every one of us from time to time struggle with this very thing. Listen, believer, listen up. If you're going to be victorious in this warfare, understand that there are battles in which you're going to have to strap on this helmet. I am justified. It is done. Nothing can change that. He is sanctifying me. He is a work. He's not done with me. And one day I'm going to see him face to face. Because he's going to move against you in ways to try to get you to doubt that, to doubt the, the truth of your salvation. And if you find yourself in that battle, you need to say out loud, when the battle comes, when the lies come, when the doubts come, am I really saved? Maybe I didn't mean it. Maybe I didn't pray it right. Maybe I need to do it again. You find yourself there? 
If you find yourself there often, maybe it's because you've never strapped on the helmet of salvation. You need to learn how to pick up this piece of armor. This identity of who you are. To strap it on, proclaim it out loud, believe it. This is who you are. And who you believe will determine what you do. Strap on the helmet. You've already got it. You just need to put it on. You need to, you need to engage with it. You need to move on in maturity. You need to realize that you have been, you are being, and you will be secure. It's done. Strap it on. You will not win the battle unless you do. If you're consistently living in the kind of fear that says every time you sin, you fall out of God's grace, then you'll be living your Christian life on a treadmill that will throw you right back to the law where you're going to have to earn your salvation that really is a gift. And if you go there, you will move into some very serious false teaching. Please listen. The basis of salvation, the, the distinctive of Christianity. Let me expand that because even that term is so muddied today and diluted. The characteristic of biblical Christianity is this. You cannot earn your salvation. And that when you have received the gift of grace from Christ, you can know with certainty that you have eternal life. You can know it for sure. And any teaching regarding salvation that says you never really know for sure if you're saved, that doctrine is unbiblical. And I would go so far as to say satanic in its teaching. Here's why. Because it leads me away from the place of trusting in God's gift through the blood of His Son alone and into believing that somehow I can earn it. It is dependent upon me if I just know enough, if I just do enough. But here's the problem. I will never know enough. I will never do enough. That just puts me in a treadmill going on and on. I hope I've done enough. I hope I've done enough. I hope when I die I'll be able to go to heaven. I'm not quite sure. Here's the truth. You will never be able to do enough. Be free. All you can do is stop and rest and receive a free gift offered to you by Jesus Christ. To receive it requires humility you have to admit you need it. If you're not ready for that, then keep slamming your head against the wall. We'll talk next time.
I just hope that there's a next time. Even as we prayed today, not one of us is guaranteed another day. You want to know how quick life happens? Like a vapor. I hope you know this passage. I hope you've hidden it in your heart. I hope it's marked in your Bible. If it's not, then I hope you do following today. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Verse 13, I write these things. John is saying all these things. I'll go so far as to say it includes the Gospel of John. I don't think I'm stretching that too much. I've written all these things to you. Those of you who believe in the name of the Son of God, Here's why I've written all this stuff to you. So that you may know that you have eternal life. If I keep it closed, I'm not going to know. You if you have bowed your knee to Jesus Christ and asked Him to be your Lord and Savior, you have been justified. If you have received that gift, free gift of salvation, you are being sanctified. Now, you're either engaged in it or kicking and screaming, but uh, hey, that's a whole other sermon. And you will be glorified. One day you will see him face to face. So believer, when the battle starts heating up, strap that truth on. Don't forget it because Satan, the demonic realm, is going to attack you with doubt and discouragement and fear. And when he does, kick the snot out of him. Because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world.